0: You're listening to the Rosenfeld Review. I'm Lou Rosenfeld, your host. Today, my guest, Martha Doris. Hi, Martha. How are you?
1: Hi, Lou. How are you doing?
0: We are talking uh, on uh, at 5 p.m. on a Friday before the July 4th weekend. So I'm, I'm kind of... St- How am I doing? I'm kind of stunned right now, Martha. What, why did we agree to do this? We should be like, you know, grilling burgers and shooting off fireworks. But here we are. Well...
1: I've got my, you know, my 4th of July t-shirt on.
0: She (laughs) does. She does. She just showed it to me, everyone. It's true. Um, But this is a podcast, so you can't see it, but you can hear us. Uh, Which is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) So Martha is uh, the founder of Doris Consulting International and uh, the Service to the Citizen Awards. We're going to talk a little bit bit about that later. Um, I've been working with Martha on and off this year because uh, you may know from listening to past podcasts that Rosenfeld Media is working on launching a new conference and Associated Community called Civic Design. And the conference itself is happening in December of 2021. Uh, and I've been getting to know uh, about this huge, uh, complex, rich, enormous space of design in the public sector, partly by talking with, well, now something like four dozen, five dozen people. But one of the first people I've spoken with is Martha and one of the best people you can speak to because she's a pioneer. She was at the general services administration for nearly 34 years where she um, held the title deputy associate administrator of the office of citizen services. And um, it's a critical office in a critical part of the U S federal government. And, In that context, you, Martha, were able to do something that no one had done before, which is establish the term customer experience at an agency level, not just any agency in the federal government, but one of the most important ones. Uh, And of course, uh, a bureaucracy in the sense that many government agencies are. So you you did this early on. I think it's a really interesting story for our listeners to get into. Many of them may be doing something similar, not only in the public sector, but you know, really a lot of them are still doing that kind of groundwork, uh, building the foundation of a more customer-centric or user-centric perspective in the private sector and encountering similar challenges as I'm sure you encountered at the GSA. How did that story start for you?
1: Well, first, thanks for having me here, uh, Lou. It's 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 a great opportunity, um, and I'm always excited to tell this story because it was really, um, you know, my office um, that I worked with really had a very long history, and I'm talking four decade history of consumer information, which started long before I got there, and had a an amazing team of people who believed in providing information and services to consumers. So we were already grounded in the belief that consumers were, you know, were, uh, should be given access to government information. And we worked uh, very closely with lots of, you know, consumer product safety commission and those kind of things that are now done even over at the um, Consumer Financial Protection Board. But um, it's, it started back with a, a contact center that was um, available um, to the the public. Eventually there was also FirstGov that was created in GSA in the White House. And that was in a different organization than um, this this, um, contact center. And they also delivered uh, the printed publications that were published by the government printing office. So we had all these different channels
0: well, that was, would be, oh, I'm sorry. Was this, I, I, I'm dating myself here, but was this Pueblo, when you, were, Colorado. you took the words out of my mouth? Is it still there?
1: Um, it is. It is still there, but I think it's being done through CFPB as opposed to GSA. Got it. And, and I don't want to take credit for the great work that they did through um, the Federal Consumer Information Center and, and then the Federal Citizen Services um, or Citizen Information Center. But eventually, they, we needed to pull those channels together. And that's how we created the Office of Citizen Services, where we brought all those channels together and then started integrating them so that the public could go to one place. And then eventually, the was, first gov was renamed USA.gov, which is a story all into itself. And um, at, we also had, we started doing things when you're delivering services directly to citizens and you're doing it one by one, quickly you realize that in order to scale, right? you have to do it through agencies. So looking as at agencies, as customers and helping agencies learn how to, for example, use social media and uh, adopt new technologies, whether it was cloud computing or like I said, the different social media and we had programs around, Uh, creating terms of service for social media, because in the government, you can't just use social media without a federal friendly terms of service. And so we, so we had a lot of products, including a government wide search capability that we built. So other agencies could use these programs and deliver better services to their, to their customers. And so eventually we, we had a big agency side and a big, um, a big, direct service to the citizen side and we had a website to go along with that called howto.gov and the tagline was to improve the exp- customer experience and i i looked at it and i'm like what is customer experience and from there i dug into it and i realized that this concept of customer experience as opposed to customer service which is what everything had been had been previous administrations had talked about since the, since the early nineties, really since like 1993 was something big that we needed to pay attention to because it was far more um, robust and all encompassing than just the experience that somebody was having on one single channel. Mm -hmm. And so I I started digging into it and started trying to move the government in that direction, including GSA. And while it has, it has um, taken off in the last you know, five to 10 years or whatever, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. It was a struggle and it took a long time before we got people to really start thinking about customer experience as a discipline into itself.
0: So to get to that point uh, where you started building uh, momentum, you started showing some success. Did you do this through, you know, some sort of um, under the table, uh, ask for better to, Ask for forgiveness, then beg for permission. Approach uh, where you, you 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 know more of a grassroots approach, or did you have to get high profile support from leadership or even uh, 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 someone in Congress?
1: Well, most most administrations had executive orders around improving customer service, um, but when I started down this customer experience path, we had a change in administrators at GSA. And I had done the GSA customer service plan as a result of a previous executive order. And I didn't think it the timing was good to go to a new administrator talking about customer experience because I, th- I thought he would think of it as warm and fuzzy and, you know, pizza parties on Friday. and I, I didn't think it would that he had the, the bandwidth, quite frankly, at that point in his time there to take this on. So I I took a step back and tried to implement it within our own organization, within the Office of Citizen Services and Innovative Technologies. And to be honest, it wasn't really met with um, open arms in my own organization at that time, but eventually people started to understand it. But I I started with data. I started by creating a survey that we used to survey customers on our agency-facing products and our citizen facing products. And then I created an index out of it. So I I used like four or five questions that we had put in the digital government strategy. And then we used an algorithm to turn it into an index. So then everybody got their score. And once you had that data in front of you, many of the programs across the organization who felt that they were doing such a great job and had now had their score and their results directly from their customers it was it was then you know time to face the face the music and and that's you know even today um, getting your voice of the customer from the customer's perspective and not from what you think you're providing to customers is a critical component to actually making improvements
0: and And a a healthy dollop of keeping up with the joneses there that's psychology as well as the scores themselves
1: yeah yeah and it's we we had everyone do you know action plans to address um, the results of the um, of the scores and the and the you know the results that we got back the feedback we received and at the then the White House created a cross agency priority goal on customer service and I was able to get involved in that and you know at every meeting they would say something about we're going to do this on customer service and I'd say raise my hand, I'd say, well, I think we need to call it customer experience because it looks like we're 10 years out of, out of date if we're calling it customer service. And, and they would say, oh, maybe later, maybe not now. And so over time, that was, you know, they were creating the next cap goal. And, and one of my OMB friends said that your little words were like, you know, I was hearing you in my head. And we eventually got a cross-agency priority goal on customer experience, which has been uh, had a tremendous help in moving the government along because we also had a, a, a believer in OMB, um, the Office of Management and Budget, and we also had an agency lead um, at the VA who is Barbara Morton, who's the, the Deputy Veteran Experience Officer, and together they've really done a lot of work in moving the government along. And of course, over time, we also had a lot of positions created like the veterans experience officer. And when I was at GSA, um, I talked to our administrator and said, we we need to pay attention to our customers. We need a chief customer officer. And that's how the chief customer officer office at GSA was created.
0: Let's just go back uh, a moment to your grabbing that term customer experience and planting Mm -hmm. that seed around it you mentioned that you started mentioning it to people and then after some years they had, they heard your voice in their, in their heads and finally it became accepted. How long did that take?
1: Um, about five years before I retired, I said by the time I retire, I would like to have customer experience on the tip of everybody's tongue. And I've been retired five and a half years. So I you know 5 to 6 years or something it wasn't it wasn't overnight and and to this day even the term customer experience is not well understood and so we really are trying to almost dissect it and use other terminology to get federal agencies to understand it's really about leveraging business practices and methodologies that allow you to better Accomplish your mission and serve the, this, the customers that you serve, and whether the, your customer is a beneficiary at the Social Security Administration, or your customer is a taxpayer at the IRS, or is a veteran, their families, their caregivers from the VA, or any other, you know, an, a, another federal agency. Um, it could be a business that your customer. So it's sort of customer, sort of a general term that's used interchangeably with the people that you are supposed to be serving including employees by the way
0: hugely important audience Uh, I want to dig into that audience a little bit more and and the story a bit more in general but we're going to take a quick break you're listening to the Rosenfeld Review I hope you're enjoying the podcast if you want more not only do we have a whole bunch of podcasts in our archive we have something that's very current, very alive, and very engaging for groups, and that is our communities. Rosenfeld Media runs a variety of communities that meet on a monthly basis for video conferences on a variety of topics near and dear to UX people, ranging from enterprise experience to advancing research to design and research operations. I want to encourage you to join one of our communities again. It is free by going to rosenfeldmedia.com communities. Not only will you get a monthly video conference that you can listen in on and participate in, ask questions and so forth, we'll give you access to the recordings. And uh, for some of those communities, we're talking about dozens of recordings with really interesting presenters and facilitators. You'll also get a newsletter. You'll get access to an advice columnist. Yes, we actually are providing advice columnists from each community. And finally, if you're interested in our conferences, our communities correspond to our conferences. So you will be the first to know when programs uh, when programs go live, uh, when tickets go on sale, and by the way, most of our conferences sell out, and other good things about our conferences, such as uh, when the scholarship applications open up. So go to rosenfeldmedia.com communities. You're going to find something that's free, something that's interesting and it's a great opportunity to find your tribe as well. We'll see you there. Welcome back to the Rosenfeld Review. My guest, Martha Doris of Doris Consulting International and a veteran of great change at the uh, General Services Administration in the U.S. government, uh, Martha's instrumental in establishing customer experience. So let's talk a little bit about that um, uh, w- you know, I know that at um, uh, like you helped establish this whole new award program, the Service to the Citizen Awards, while you were at GSA. That, uh, if I understand, it really spans good work across all aspects of the federal government, not just GSA.
1: Yeah, I didn't establish that program till after I retired. So what I what I did was. After I retired, I took a step back to say, okay, where are the major barriers to the adoption of these business disciplines across the government? Mm-hmm. And some of it was around sharing of best practices and, and the network of people starting to communicate because at that point, people didn't know who people in other agencies, although we did have a GSA, a contact center leaders group and a web managers group. So they were all very siloed. Um, And we just started a customer experience community of practice right before I left. But so there, so taking a look at what was missing and one of the barriers I felt like was not recognizing was culture Mm -hmm. and not recognizing people and public servants for the work that they do in, you know, we had a winner of the service to the citizen awards who went to Puerto Rico to help stand up a social media program after a hurricane. We have, people who are answering the phones for the CDC hotline. We have people who are, you know, handling the my healthy vets at VA or uh, created, you know, a chat bot so that they can communicate with veterans through um, through an automated you know tools or the the telehealth program at the VA. So all of these um, programs that help to improve the lives of the customers. Mm-hmm. but it's also, to get people to really understand that customer experience isn't just about um it's also employee experience so sometimes it's about uh, like the TSA has been taking a look at their federal employee viewpoint survey scores about the engagement within their organization and comparing it to the airports to see is it correlated the engaged employees versus the service that they provide at the airports and there's a direct relationship between the engagement of employees and the experience that they deliver to their customers. So all of those programs have been um, recognized through various years, not just this year, but previous years, because we want people to be proud of being a public servant.
0: Well, and what I really like about that is, unlike the siloed uh, groups that you mentioned earlier, like the webmasters, it sounds like with this program, this awards program, it's less about role and more about outcome, which involves multiple roles.
1: Right. And, and that's what we use to determine winners is, you know, documented demonstrated impact in the delivery of service or the improvement to the lives of customers based on transforming things. I mean, there's some implementation of technologies that resulted in taking low value work to higher value work so that they can, employee engagement is higher. There's people who have put contracts in place for contact centers or for cloud computing or for network services so that you can communicate with the farmers, ranchers and producers. And they can actually submit an application for a loan in the field because now they might have a greater bandwidth.
0: So how do you uh, I mean, these are very apples and oranges projects, though. How do you what, what criteria are you using to select winners?
1: Just demonstrated impact. And I have a judge. I have a, a group of six judges who are former um, executives and understand the customer experience area. And you know, we meet and go through all of the uh, applications and nominations and talk about yes, no. You know, what do we need? So, many cases, they want to clarify things. They they might want, and so I spend some time going back and getting additional information. To clarify things in many cases i know what's what's going on right like i've been in the space and gsa is a central agency that works with a lot of other agencies so luckily i because that's what i do all the time i know m- many of these situations um, but my judges are really critical to this process because it's not just who i think should be recognized it's who this group of judges think should be recognized and we really try very hard not to make a selection that something's going to blow up in a month. Right. So Mm -hmm. there's some things that are on the edge and we're like, it's too early. So maybe
0: balancing a bit of the kind of innovating leading edge with the stability of something. Yeah. And the realities
1: in the realities on the ground, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's um, sometimes you, you, for the sake of the program, you don't want it to blow up for political reasons. So you kind of keep, try to keep it as, you know, even keel as you can in, from that respect.
0: But. So let, let's contrast the the criteria that you're using for for this awards program uh, with the index that you described earlier. How how did you decide you know what agencies were uh, performing well according to that index that you use? So you tapped the psychology of uh, keeping up with the Joneses so well.
1: Well, the index was was just in our office, right? Based on us sending surveys to our customers directly. Mm-hmm. So I I wasn't able to get that index used government-wide across across the government. And it was, we used the questions that were in the government, the digital government strategy at the time, which combined satisfaction, effort, and net promoter score. Today, there's a whole new way of doing uh, citizen and customer feedback through um, section 280 of a11 which is the budget document that omb uses and so there's been a lot of thought given to creating a list of questions that all agencies use it doesn't turn into an index but it, it gives the ability to to compare across agencies which is a huge uh step and also there's there's um the paperwork reduction act has always held agencies back from collecting feedback from more than nine people and there's been a lot of work to try and make it so that if they use the feedback tool and the questions that OMB has identified that you can get a fast track um paperwork waiver to the paperwork reduction act
0: uh I wish we could dig into that a bit more Uh, I'm interested to know those criteria have changed since the index was in place to the kinds of of questions and criteria that are being used now but I feel incumbent to ask you one more question before we wrap up, because you um, talked about doing this work over many years, uh, I know a lot of people who are listening are really at the bottom of this mountain and looking up at a pretty steep climb. What advice would you have for someone in that position?
1: Well, I you know I actually know somebody in that position, and not every agency leadership understands customer experience, so I would say use other than customer experience language, going in, talking to your IT, your CIO team about um, UX and CX and, you know, citizen engagement and omni-channel, it just doesn't work, like break it down into simple, how do we improve the way we deliver our services? Who are our customers and how do we improve the way we deliver services? And just do it you know, within what you can influence and start training people. That's the other thing we did in addition to the survey and the index. We had a little group in our office and we started educating people on what is this? What does it mean? And creating the kind of the language, um, ver, you know, vernacular across the organization.
0: So sustain the effort. Think about the language uh, and probably be pretty damn patient.
1: Oh, yeah. You, you, and persistent is a, is another thing, but it's, um, you know, citizens and your customers deserve an experience um, like they get close to what they get in the private sector. And so it's, it's all of our responsibility, both on the government side and on the industry side, to try and make that as um, seamless, omni-channel, integrated, quality, consistent as you can.
0: Well put, Martha, and um, thank you, thank you for all the great work you've done, uh, at, at not only at GSA, but uh, you you say you're retired, but I know you've been pretty busy at uh, Doris Consulting International. The, uh, the awards simply c- certainly happened since then, uh, lots more, and it's been a pleasure to work with you on the Civic Design Conference and Community. Uh, just all you know, a quick plug for that. It is happening December 8th through 10th. It will be virtual. Uh, We hope to see you there. And I know Martha will see you there.
1: Okay, I'll be there.
0: Thanks for joining us. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Rosenfeld Review brought to you by Rosenfeld Media. If you like our show, please subscribe and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. I'd love it if you tell a friend to have a listen and check out our website for over 100 podcasts with other interesting people. You'll find them all at RosenfeldReview.com.